today, if you followed the gospel reading, it seems very clunky. We hear the beginning of Luke and how he's exhorting, how he's preparing to put this gospel together. And then all of a sudden, we jump into hearing Jesus in the synagogue reading from the scroll of Isaiah and then saying, this is coming to fulfillment. But I think if we look at how clunky it is and really look at why it's clunky the way it is, we then can understand what Luke, what the church was trying to get at today for us to reflect on and to understand. If we look very carefully, Luke writes and acknowledges that there has been a lot written about this man, Jesus. But what he wants to do is to write it on his own account. Based off of the eyewitnesses and what has been handed down from the eyewitness. Not secondary accounts or tertiary accounts, but eyewitness accounts, even his own testimony to write down and to put down. And the purpose of doing so is so that those who don't believe may fall into believing and may trust in Luke to believe. Because when we speak about the, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, and all the miracles he's done, if we take a step back and take faith out of it, it looks foolish. It looks crazy to say that he's the second person of the Trinity, to say that he's given his flesh up so that people may have life and have life everlasting is crazy. But when Luke writes it, he says, I am attesting and testifying that everything I write in this book is to be true and is deemed as the truth. So that what? Those who read it, you and I who read it afterwards, can come to believe that this is Jesus Christ. There was a person named Jesus Christ that did all of this, that healed all these people, that made the lame walk, the deaf hear, the mute speak. And then we interestingly hear this weird name dropped into the middle of the, the gospel. Theophilus. When we look back historically, some say that he was a patron of St. Luke, who paid financially for the publication of the gospel. Some may believe it, some may agree, scholars agree to disagree to that name. But one thing that scholars agree on is there's no coincidence or reason or rhyme that Luke put that name in the gospel. But when we look carefully at what the name means, I think it points to why Luke put the name in there. The word Theophilus means to him who God loves. Theophilus, to, whom, to him whom God loves. So to really then take a step back, this gospel is not meant for just anyone. It is meant for everyone. 
so that we may come to know, to recognize God and to learn about God. To learn about our mission and our purpose. And that's why the Gospel of St. Luke is used by catechists as an aid and an instruction to Christian life. So then what does that have to do with us 2,000 years after this is all written for us who hear about it today? We're looking at the question, how is our mission? Are we living out our mission well in our daily lives? The word gospel means God spell, the good news. If we look at it from St. Luke's perspective, it is our personal encounter with Jesus Christ. So how are we encountering God in our daily lives? How are we living out the name and the title Christian that has been given to us from our very moment of baptism when we have become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ for us? It is, is it he who loves us or is he just a God, a deity, a being that I have to believe in? What is interesting and how it fits beautifully with all our readings is if we look at St. Paul. Each and every one of us together are one body in Christ. But this body makes up of different parts. Eyes, ears, nose. We all are different. Because we are all given a gift, ability, and a strength that is different. But in that difference, we come to recognize, experience, and come to know God each differently in our own way. Some through our ears and hearing it from people, from preachers, from teachers, that we come to believe. Others by our own eyes, by witnessing and testifying it by others' examples, by seeing God in and through others around us. Others by their lips, as teachers, as catechists, as those who bring on and profess the faith. Each of us come to know God and experience God in a completely different way. But have we really and truly experienced God in our lives? Are we living out the gospel message, the God spell, the good news that he has for us? And have we been changed by it? We can't speak of a man who we don't know. We can't fall in love with someone who we don't even have an encounter, a relationship with. We can't speak about someone. We can't live out a life followed after him if we don't know who this him is, who this God is in our lives. But the challenge in the heart part, my dear brothers and sisters, is the way an opportunity we give God so that he can, we can encounter him, to come to know him, to be aware of him. 
Because God's inspiration does not come to those who sit with fold hands and lazy minds and only wait, but to those who think and seek and search. True inspiration comes when searching, the searching mind joins with the revealing spirit. For me, that passage, that quote rings so true. Because so many times in my life, I've seen the gospel message come alive. When we hear the first words of St. John's gospel in prologue, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I've come to see that in my encounters, in my everyday work here at St. Elizabeth. I see the gospel message come alive, but I see it in working side by side with you. Moments in which I've gone to mission trips where a young boy at the age of six taught me what is love without using one word without communicating and sharing the same language to be able to speak to each other. But he, a six-year-old child, taught me the true meaning of love, embodied for me what the true meaning of love is. A 75-year-old woman at a retirement facility taught me what suffering is showed me how to endure suffering in my life, to walk with Christ on the road to Calvary, carrying her cross of suffering every day of her life, but yet seeing that suffering through the lens and eyes of joy, of love, of happiness. That, my dear brothers and sisters, were moments in which the gospel message came alive in my own life, where I knew Christ existed and that I am following and doing his will, a part of that body of Christ where he is the head. If I was selfish, if I didn't spend the time to reflect and to see that, I would have missed Christ in my daily lives in my own experience, in my one-on-one -on -one encounter with people. The gospel message, my dear brothers and sisters, is not just words in a book. It's not something that was written down 2,000 years ago. But like St. Luke reiterates, it is his own experience and encounter with the Lord himself. Have we written our gospel message? Have we encountered personally that Lord and Savior that we profess, the Lord and Savior that we believe, the Christian God that we hold to be? Or are we too afraid? So my dear brothers and sisters, let us look at our own lives and ask the question, does the gospel message come alive in and through us? Have we had an authentic and intimate encounter with the God, the second person of the Trinity that St. Luke writes about today, where all the prophecies about him is coming to be fulfilled? 
Or are we just here to fill a seat, to check off our obligations, to do it because we have to, not because we want to?